as we slowly phase out 2021, now heading to 2022, one of the most important thing that we talk a lot about in marketing is the importance of being omni-channel, omnipresent, using different marketing channels and not putting all your eggs in one basket. Now, one of the old techniques or one of the oldest channel in marketing has always been email marketing, but has also always been one of the marketing channels that have performed really, really well in the past, even up to date. And it's something worth investing your time, resources and effort in as an extra channel towards your overall marketing campaign and strategy. And recently I've been, you know, doing a lot of campaigns uh, from the agency, growing our email list, etc. And the way we do it is quite simple and it's quite, you know, a technique that anyone can replicate and also quite effective because one of the things that comes up with building a newsletter audience or list is sometimes the majority or a good part or a good part of your audience becomes a bit stale and you have to sweep or clean your mailing list so that you don't end up you know in the junk folder or spam folder and reason being is that most newsletters do not resonate with everyone in your audience so how do you come up with a newsletter list and at the same time make sure that your newsletter marketing is targeting the right audience so that you keep all your audience in tune with what's going on so exactly that is what we're going to talk in today's podcast episode stick around see you in a few seconds Welcome back to yet another episode on the Marketing Podcast, Digital Marketing Tips and Insights, episode 228. Now, like I mentioned in the intro, we're going to talk about newsletter marketing, but break that down into how do you actually build up an audience for your newsletter marketing and at the same time, make sure that the audience that you're marketing to is quite engaged with your marketing efforts. Now, over the years, over the months, we've talked, you know, a lot about email marketing, email sequencing. We've talked about uh, the Seinfeld uh, sequence, etc. And we've talked about the do's and don'ts. We've also talked about the can spam act that can actually cost you up to around forty five thousand dollars in fine. And we've talked about, you know, different phases and, you know, different parts of uh, newsletter marketing pros and cons. Uh, whether or not it's something you should actually pursue, you know, in 2021, now heading to 2022. And in this episode, we're simply going to break down how do you actually grow your, you know, newsletter marketing list? Because I think some of, you know, some of the comments I read sometimes or some of the conversations I see on social media is that a lot of people try to build a marketing, you know, newsletter marketing uh, list. But it's not that easy to do unless you're really popular, unless your business is, 
you know already a brand it's already well known etc or you yourself already are, you know personal brand it's not something very easy uh, to do to come up with a list now what usually ends up happening is that you decide to start a newsletter marketing campaign and you decide to grow an audience the first people who tend to sign up are usually probably your friends your family and sort of like people just close to you or around you and a few people maybe from your social media etc but how do you actually grow a list from you know having a list of 10 people in your audience to moving up to having a list of at least a thousand people in your audience now one of the most important thing about you know newsletter marketing is or any marketing in any shape or form is that you always need to have something that is of value that you want to offer now what i'm going to explain to you at you know the strategy that i use when it comes to email marketing if you can call it a strategy but it's simply how we like to do things at server digital is that number one you need to have content on your website so i'm assuming you are a business or you even if you're a person and you're operating as a personal brand or as a personal business you always need you know your online presence and having either a business website or you know your personal website goes a long way now the second thing is since you have a website you need to have content on that website now we do it differently we have blogs we have uh, landing pages on the website etc each serving a different uh, purpose, each serving a different kind of audience, etc. And when you create your landing page, you know, talking about different topics that you believe you're an expert in or you believe your audience is interested in. We've talked a lot, you know, about uh, the skyscraper technique and content sprouting, how to come up with pillar content and subcontent, etc. You can go back and listen to those episodes to get an idea on how to come up with a content strategy and how to create content for your website, etc., and have it also rank on Google or any other search engine, etc. So you have your pieces of content. Now, the other thing that is very, very important is to have lead magnets. Now, content is good because content is what, you know, will bring people to your page, either through organic traffic or paid traffic, whether you're simply relying on SEO, but that means that you really need to be ranking already for those certain keywords or whether you're running any form of paid campaigns toward those specific sub pages or those specific articles on your website, etc. Now, once you've done all of that, the next step is to come up with lead magnets. I can give you an example of um, what we do. Now, one of the things that we do is we do PPC services. We offer PPC as a service in the agency and uh, one of our verticals is, you know, PPC for uh, Shopify or e-commerce stores and PPC for insurance companies. Now, what we've done is we've first and foremost made sure that we have some sort of dominance in specific keywords, in specific verticals. And a good, a good example of that is uh, PPC or Google Ads for Shopify or Google Ads for e-commerce. To come up with content, we've created different pieces of content surrounding, you know, Google Ads for Shopify, etc., and all of that. And most of the keywords surrounding that, you know, we tend to rank on page one or on page two, just about to break into uh, page one. And since we've already done that, you know, from an SEO perspective and a content perspective, we've already created all these pieces of content that interlink with one another and serve, you know, 
the audience or the readers at you know different stages they might be in in terms of their you know ppc or google ads you know buyers journey whether they're you know sort of like in the awareness stage so they might be looking at you know how to kind of keywords how to you know run promotions for your shopify store or e-commerce store how to uh you know start a google ads account for example google adwords you know account how to set up a shopify store so we've catered for that and you know from the awareness stage to the consideration stage to the decision stage you know every part of that we've created sort of like content you know addressing people or audience in different segments and all of this content is interlinking to one another and sort of like to one pillar content that's all well and good but now the second thing is that we also created a lead magnet now for anyone who's sort of like interested in coming up with um you know coming up with their own or they want to do you know ppc or google ads on their own they want to run promotion campaigns on their own we also have created sort of like a ppc cheat sheet where we've uh sort of like you know put together every kind of way that you can set up your google ads campaign to target people in different stages where whether they're in the awareness stage um you know decision stage whether you know they're top of the funnel or you know bottom of the funnel in terms of their bias process etc so we've created a cheat sheet or a guide that helps people with that when it comes to you know selecting the right audience how to remarket what kind of bidding strategy to look out for whether that is your maximizing clicks or you know maximizing conversion or you know different kinds of enhanced targeting etc how to remarket what kind of you know do you look into affinity audiences or custom affinity etc so we've all you know all that information listed down into one simple guide and this specific guide you know acts as the lead magnet for us meaning that on every page where we do talk about um google ads and ppc for shopify or you know for insurance etc we have this guide you know either appear as a pop-up or you know as a clickable you know downloadable file etc but since it's a lead magnet it means that you have to actually offer us your information and so that you can get access to this specific uh, you know guide now i talked a lot about you know we use hubspot a lot for our inbound marketing which is really really good and we use HubSpot a lot when it comes to creating our email list. Now, when it comes to sending our email lists, we prefer using MailChimp because it's, you know, much, um, you know, for us, offers a much better experience. But when it comes to the core of creating an email list, we use HubSpot for several reasons. Number one, using HubSpot, we're able to create, you know, these different, you know, pop-up models and, you know, click, you know, Click, click clickable you know downloadable uh, you know buttons that we can place strategically on different you know pieces of content it's actually something you can go to the website serverdigital.io and you know check the different landing pages and blog articles and you can see sort of like you know you know proper more strategically placed in different you know uh, sections and you know once someone clicks and you know they want you know to get the free download they have to give in their information etc and they have to opt in to become you know a subscriber now one of the reasons that we like to use hubspot because you can always use something like convertkit you can always use something like you know uh, mailchimp to create sort of like those uh, lead captures or to integrate your lead captures uh, 
on your website, that's all well and good. But when it comes to HubSpot, I'm going to explain this, uh, how this sort of like differs from using any other sort of like, you know, newsletter provider or any lead capture or lead gen provider uh, is that when we are trying to build, you know, our email list, number one, obviously, like I mentioned, you can depend on SEO, you can depend on organic traffic. Number two is to do, you know, paid traffic. Now, we do run paid traffic since, you know, most keywords surrounding or our ranking organically, you know, surrounding uh, Google ads for Shopify and insurance. Some keywords we rank for them, you know, on Google page one, and some of them we are still on page two trying to break into page one, which will take a bit of time, two, three, four months uh, with, you know, continual optimization, we'll be able to break into Google page one. But since the amount of traffic we're getting, you know, from that in terms, you know, from an organic perspective, it's not really enough to give us, you know, the traction that we need. We need also to uh, do, you know, incorporate paid campaigns with the, you know, organic campaign that's going on. So meaning we do run, you know, ads on Google that drive traffic and we target specific people. And for example, when it comes to um, uh, the PPC, you know, lead capture that we we're talking about, you know, we'll target people who are interested in, you know, search engine marketing services, uh, people who are probably business owners, etc. just to give you a rough overview. And we will target maximum, you know, maximum, maximum click. That's sort of like our bidding, you know, strategy for that, because anytime you're starting any sort of like paid campaign, you want first and foremost to gather, you know, as much data as possible about the people who you're targeting so that you can able to refine that from the people who convert and you know google is able to understand a little bit better who sort of like syncs with your ad campaign so we drive traffic to those specific landing pages and we are you know we're able to see how many people actually convert and by converting now uh we set you know our conversion as you know submitting a lead form and that is, you know, they'll have to submit, you know, that information to gain access to, um, you know, the lead capture and also subscribe, opt into uh, our newsletter. Now, that's all well and good. But now the difference comes is that and where now I differentiate or where I see the difference between HubSpot and ConvertKit and uh, MailChimp is that from HubSpot, I can actually see what someone typed into Google when they were able to find that specific page. Now, remember when you're running this kind of an ad campaign, you always want to use like broad modifiers because you don't want to restrict yourself to, um, uh, you know, specific key phrases or, you know, exact match phrases, etc. Because that can become quite expensive. Essentially, you're targeting people who are, you know, looking at informational um, or have informational queries, the how to's, etc which um you know from a ppc you know perspective it you know reduces there's less competition for that you know in terms of paid or, or auction and then since there's less competition for that you know your cost per click is significantly lower because you don't want to also just be spending a lot of money on you know informational um you know keywords you know that don't lead to any form of you know might lead to some you know traction but not necessarily some people who are just interested in you know becoming aware because you're trying to gather as information of many people as possible at your top of the funnel and put them in your email list so that you can nurture them with uh, you know with time uh 
So with HubSpot, I can actually see what people actually typed in on Google when they found, you know, that specific article or that specific page on my website. So once I save that, now the second thing, and this is one thing that a lot of people don't tend to do, and this will work well for you, is depending on what, you know, they were typing in. Now, one of the things you need to understand is when you're running in, you know, email marketing campaign, you need to differentiate your audience. You need to separate them. Mistake number one is putting everyone in your audience into one basket. Let me give you an example. In the agency, we do PPC, we do inbound, we do uh, web dev and design, um, we do social media. Thing is, we have different articles addressing different uh, verticals, right? And not everyone who comes through and download, let's say our lead capture on PPC, is a tad interested in, for example, what we have to do in social media marketing. So if we start sending them newsletters that are on SMM, they might opt to unsubscribe. If we start sending someone who was interested in web dev, web dev and design emails on a PPC, they might end up unsubscribing. So you really want to, um, you know, divide or separate your you know, marketing audience so that you sort of like know how to nurture each lead in different categories, right? So in our example, we're running an ad on uh, PPC, how to sort of like advertise your, um, how to advertise your Shopify store on Google, how to promote your Shopify store on Google. So we're running, you know, ads based on that. What you can do just a simple, just to give you a simple um, structure on how you can run your campaign, you can come up with one campaign, let's call it um, email marketing campaign. And then in that, now you can come up with different ad groups. You can come up with an ad group for, you know, PPC audience and then a separate ad group for um, uh, SMM audience, a separate ad group now for web dev and design audience. Within those different ad groups, now you can come up with different ads. Now, one of the best thing is to always come up with like three to four different kinds of responsive ads. And the good thing about responsive ads is that Google will always sort of like uh, rotate your ads and find the best performing one. And from then on, you can see the ads that are performing well and, you know, either increase budget on you know, those specific ads and those ones that are not performing well, try to optimize them or shut them off completely. And same applies if you are, you know, working as a lawyer or as a law firm, working, you know, in different industries, because you're not always, you know, operating on one vertical, more or less you're operating maybe in two or three verticals at the same time. For insurance, for example, you can have, you know, uh, you can, you know, subdivide that into maybe renters insurance, condo insurance, auto insurance, uh, home insurance, etc. Because someone who's interested in home insurance, they're probably not even interested in renters insurance for example right now you run an ad we run an ad try you know targeting people who are looking for you know informational um you know key phrases when it comes to promoting their e-commerce store etc they click on that you know we're able to capture that information we're able to see from hubspot and that's why i always say you need to have hubspot or you know a closely you know a crm that is as closely as good as hubspot and um, we can you we can be able to see what they type into Google and now put them in different 
categories because every time someone submits a form AppSport will simply populate you know your contact list and you you know you see that you know their contact information etc but you need to sort of like separate and create different lists and HubSpot also has that option where you can create like separate lists. Now we can create a separate list for people who are interested in PPC, people who are interested in uh, SMM, people who are interested in, um, you know, web dev and design, etc. So when we start now doing, you know, once we start carrying out our email marketing campaign, we are all targeting different groups with different interests. We are not sending one email list that is on SMM or PPC to everyone in our audience. No, we're sending relevant, you know, email or newsletters to people who are interested now in specific things about, you know, what we have to offer and then nurturing them from that. And that's one thing a lot of people don't tend to do because if you look at me, a lot of you, I've looked at a lot of, you know, YouTube videos on email marketing. I've looked at a lot of, you know, articles on the same. That tends to be neglected that you really need to categorize and, you know, separate your audience into what they're actually interested in and, you know, nurture them based on that. And yes, you can use like combined lists. If let's say you're sending out a newsletter that is not, you know, subject specific, that is not, you know, vertical specific, and you know send out you know a, com a newsletter to a combined list that can actually that can also work as well but anyway i hope you enjoyed the episode if you have any questions send them out to me i guess not serverdigital.io but until then see you guys on the next podcast episode